You're listening to a podcast of New Covenant Church. Join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in Pompano. Good morning, New Covenant Church. It's good to see you. Good to see your faces. Welcome everyone at home. So glad that we can all be together and just seeking God together and worshiping. That was an amazing time of singing today and worship. Thank you, worship team. Let's just thank God for our team that are serving so faithfully. Um, yeah, so next week we have baptism, and if I just wanted to touch base on this again, if you know we, we are uh, part of a, uh, a a denomination, the EPC Evangelical Presbyterian Church, and if you're unfamiliar with uh, different views on baptism, we would love to just talk with you more about that. We are going to be doing. Um, baptism next week uh, after service, like we said. We're actually going to be doing it out on the patio. But if you're a parent and you are interested in, in baptizing your, 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 your babies or your, your children, um, we, do, we do hold to a covenantal baptism theology. And if you're like, Adam, I don't even know what that is, we can talk with you more about that. We would love to share more about what that means. But also, if you've come to faith as, a, as an adult and you've never followed the Lord in baptism, this would be an opportunity um, for you as well, and I uh, don't want it to be a scary thing for you, and if you just want to come see what this one, this first one is all about, and you're like, you know, next time I'll, I'll catch it, but it, it is meant to be a time where we, as a, as a church, as a community, we get to celebrate uh, either bringing children into the community, into, into the faith. It doesn't mean that it saves the children. It doesn't mean it does anything like that, but it is a, a, a beginning point, a beginning step, and, and or if you're an adult um, that has not followed the Lord in baptism ever in your, in your life, then we want to celebrate that with you together. So that's, that's what's happening next week, and I hope that you will become part of that if, uh, if you so desire, and just let us know. We would love to... to to serve you in that way. And then, of course, Discover Track, starting in October, that's our, like, kind of Church 101 uh, class. And it's really engaging. It's meant to be back and forth. It's not just you sitting there doing, you know, listening to me blabber on. It's us connecting with one another and us trying to just help you um, understand who we are and understand who you are. And uh, it's always been just a, a real life-giving time. So if you want to participate in that, that's starting in October. So lots going on. I want to shout out to all the, the ladies for yesterday. They did just such an amazing job. I had a women's event yesterday. Um, yeah, it's, it's good to, to thank God for that. Uh, we had somewhere between 40 and 50 women here uh, just connecting, worshiping, learning about, about the Lord and about how our life is impacted by, by God and um, so thankful for my wife and for all the other team that, that was there to, to serve. A lot going on here, guys. This is in the, in the middle of all the craziness. We are still just trying to move forward with what God has called us to do. And um, thanks for being part of that. We are, we're grateful to serve alongside of you, to serve you. And we're, we're just continuing to move forward. So, And for everyone at home... Sorry, we can't be connecting with you personally here, but we are, uh, we're with you in spirit, and we love you, and we're grateful that you're watching and participating. We are going to be in James 1 today, James chapter 1, verses 2, or no, verses 5 through 8, 5 through 8. 
And this is what God's Word says in James 1, 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. This is God's word. Let's pray. Lord, take this, take this word and, and bring life to it in us. Not just words on a page, but something that will direct us, that will build a foundation for our life. I thank you, God, for this church and for what we are able to do here today, to gather, to sing, to worship, to learn I think about other churches in our community that I know today is their first day uh, or this is the first weekend of them opening up in-person services. I think of Calvary Chapel. I think of Riverside Church. I think of Rio Vista. I pray for these churches. I love these churches. Love the leaders of these churches. Pray for wisdom for them. I pray for health for these churches. Pray for life to be brought in these churches, God. Help us now here as we study your word that you would, you would change us, God. Hallelujah, here below. We are here below, but we get to lift our voice, our minds, our hearts to the God that is high above. And the, the good news is you're high above, but you're with us at the same time. What a, what a joy, what a privilege. Help us, God, now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I'm a little late to the game with this, but I, I, just, recently watched, I just recently watched the, um, the documentary, the sports documentary series, The Last Dance. Have you seen that? It is, uh, it's about Michael Jordan and about the, the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls of the 1990s. And uh, I, I hadn't watched, I, I saw that it was out and I had, just didn't have a chance to watch any of it. And so this last couple of weeks, I've just been, been enjoying it, watching it. And it's just, it was awesome. I mean, I, I grew up watching Michael Jordan. I grew up with, with that team, with the Bulls. And even though I wasn't from Chicago, I mean, I just was a huge Jordan fan. I, I was always amazed at what they were able to do. And watching this series was just so, I mean, it, it, it one brought me back to childhood, but it also, it like opened up even more how amazing this guy was and how amazing this team was and um, how, especially with, with Michael, with, with just his, his focus, his determination, his drive on accomplishing his goals. I mean, his goals were, were not easy, but they were simple. It was just like win and be the best. <laughs> that was it. Like, be the best ever, win championships, bring this organization to a, a dynasty like the, that they had known with the Lakers and the Celtics, and, and he did it. And he knew what he needed to do to accomplish his goals. He knew what he needed to do to succeed. And, and whether or not you like Jordan or agree, you know, whether he's the best that ever was or that team was about, it really doesn't matter. Even if you don't admire his drive, we, we can learn something a lot from looking at that, from, from him, from that, that organization, from his 
his determination. See, we all can, can grow in knowing what we need to live this life. To live this life. And not just to live, but to, to thrive. See, we're in this new study. We started last week. It's out of the book of James. I've called it Learning to Live. Learning to live. Because, look, and I said this last week, life is hard. It is hard physically. It's hard emotionally. It's hard socially. It's hard spiritually. It's hard. And most of our days are spent trying to alleviate that difficulty. Like we, we spend our time thinking and praying and working to make life less hard. And the question is, is that, is that what God wants from us? Or does God want something else? Does God want us learning to live within the hardness of life, to live in ways that doesn't try to just alleviate the hardness, but, but seeing that life is hard is not an obstacle for growth, but actually it's, a, it's an opportunity for growth. That's what thriving looks like. It's not just the absence of difficult things. It is learning how to live within the craziness, within the difficulties of life. And it's thriving in life is not just about, thriving in life is not just about making lots of money or being successful, having lots of toys, having lots of friends, but living for a bigger purpose, living a life that acknowledges something bigger than ourselves. And what we would say as, as a Christian church, as Christians, that we believe that life Life's purpose is about acknowledging God and his existence and having that life communicate a love for him and a love for other people. And that is that's hard. It's hard because we just don't always want that. And it becomes even harder when life doesn't meet your expectations. When life doesn't meet your expectations, that, that's, when, that's when things get sticky in, in our minds and our hearts, right? We have an expectation up here and like life doesn't quite get up to that. And so we are unhappy and we consider that to be a trial. We consider that to be difficult. And what do we do when trouble comes? What do we do when trouble comes? We, we have to learn how to live. We have to learn how to handle it so that we don't just fall apart. And honestly, it's not just when things are difficult that we have to learn these things because we have to learn it when things are going good. We have to learn how to handle life when things are going good because when things are, this is what happens, right? When things are difficult, when the pain comes, what do we do? We curse God. Like, ah, you don't exist. You, you clearly don't love me. You're angry because I, I, things should be easier. But what happens when things are going good and we're blessed and like life is rolling and we got money coming in and everything is just going, we forget God. When things are hard, we curse God. When things are good, we forget God. And 
you know, I'm speaking in extremes. I know we don't all live exactly like that, but this is the challenge. This is where our hearts are drawn to. And so we have to fight to learn how to live in, in the middle of those two, where that, whether it's good or bad, hard or, or, or blessed, that we are acknowledging who God is and we are learning to give him the credit. We're learning to give him the acknowledgement, the, the worship that he deserves. That's our purpose. We need to build our lives so that in all things we are not running to trust in ourselves, trust in the circumstances that surround us. So what do we need for that? We need wisdom. That's, that's what we're talking about today. And it is simple. It's a simple message. It's, it's James kind of simple. James is super simple in the way he communicates things. He is relatable. He is relevant. And we all know, though, that simple doesn't mean easy. The message is simple. How we live it, how we get after it is it's difficult. And that's the reality of our lives. See, uh, in our life, at the top of the list, as we live, we should have at the top of our list, in terms of priorities, in terms of things that we want and need, it should be wisdom. We need wisdom. And so we're going we're gonna to look at that. We're going to understand what we need, where we get it from, what hinders us, what stops us from getting after it. And we just finished a whole series, and I know this. We just finished a whole series out of Proverbs over the last couple months, which dealt with wisdom. And you're like, Adam, really, again? <laughs> yep. Because we need it. We need it more. We need it more. We need to keep understanding. We need to keep pursuing it. See, when we think about, well, okay, Adam, what is wisdom? Wisdom is, and this is just a simple definition, it's skillful living. Wisdom is skillful living. It's taking life applying what we know in a skillful way. It's taking all the knowledge we have and applying it in a way that honors God and helps us to live well. Helps us to live well. I mean, isn't that what you want? Right? I mean, all of us, in some way, shape, or form, we want to live well. And if you're asking, well, what does it mean to live well? Well, that, that's, that's a whole other question. And a whole other answer, but that's what we want. We want to live well. I mean, what does that look like in your life to live well? I mean, look, if, if money is a part of that, fine. Let money be part of that. The question is, what are you going to do with your money? <laughs> if getting married is a part of that, living well, great. Get married. What are you going to do with that? How are you going to live with that husband or that wife? If it's getting a better job, if it's... If it's I mean, fill in the blank. It's all of those things can be fine, but what do we do when we get those things in our hands so that we can live well with them, we can be wise with them? So that's James. It's, it's a book of wisdom. It's not easy, but it's simple. And we are trying to, to learn how to apply all the things that are swirling around in our heads. Application, application, application is everything. Knowledge isn't enough. We have to know how to apply it. This, this little bottle here is, is really helpful for an aging body. 
<laughs> which I have. And this, this is called Rock Sauce, and this is, a, this is a great little, I don't own stock in Rock Sauce, so it's fine if you, if you need something to help with sore muscles or joints or things. This is a very helpful uh, cream that goes on, and, and, and you notice it has like a little application ball on top, and so you rub it on, and what, what's the best about this thing is that it, in, a, in the best way possible, it burns like crazy. You know, like you've heard of like Icy Hot, BioFreeze, like all that stuff. Those are child's play compared to what Rock Sauce does, okay? Rock Sauce will, will set you on fire in all the best ways. And so here's the, here's the thing about Rock Sauce, okay? This can help in so many ways, but if it's applied wrong, it will hurt you. It can bring healing or it can bring pain, Right? If I apply it to the right areas, you know, the shoulder joints, you know, things that really need it, it's great. But if I forget and rub it in and then go like this to my face, eyes, face, everything, bad. And it has happened. I know, I need wisdom. Learning to live. Learning to live means caring about wisdom. It means loving it. It means seeking it and realizing this big fact about wisdom. We don't have enough of it. We don't have enough of it. We don't have enough wisdom. And we see that, that, that really quickly when James starts talking to us. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, he says that in verse 5. any of you lacks wisdom, it's not a question. I believe we have it for you up on the screens. He, he almost praises it as a question like, it, it makes us think if we, no, previous one. He makes it seem like a question like, like, like for those who need wisdom, keep reading. But if you have enough Fine, you know, put the book down and, and you're good to go. He, he makes it seem like that, but that is not at all what's happening. He's really saying, look, all of you lack wisdom. All of you lack wisdom. So let me tell you a few things about how to deal with your lack of wisdom. We lack wisdom, all of us. I lack it. You lack it. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how far in the faith you are. We need more wisdom. The wisdom tank is never full. It's never full. If you think about a car, right, is your gas tank really ever full? I mean, for what, a second? Like for the 30 seconds from when you fill the tank to when you start driving away. It's only full for that moment, but then as soon as you start driving, that tank starts to go down and down and down. It never is fully, it's never full forever. It drains quickly. And then when that empty light pops up, we need to fill it up again. And man, I... I hate getting gas. Like, I, I live in that empty light way too much, and it's not good. I drive, I push that thing, it almost becomes a game. Like, I don't want to break down, but I really don't want to stop either. And so I live, I live in this, you know, where other people would get very uncomfortable, and, like, they'd be sweating when that, some of you, like, when the gas gets to three quarters, you're like, oh, I got to get some gas. I'm like, just beginning, <laughs> Not what we want to do with wisdom. 
okay? Not the way that we want to live, but a lot of us like to do that, man. We lack wisdom. Our tank is on empty, and yet we keep riding. We keep riding. We keep riding, never wanting to, to try and fill the tank back up, and our lives keep going. But here's the thing. The car eventually will break down, and the same is with our lives. It, it may not break down to where we stop, but we will get affected. The consequences are real. When we start to run dry of wisdom and we're not seeking it, we're not coming after it, then life will be in trouble. We will break down. One way, shape, or form. You will either make a decision that will turn your life in a completely different direction or you will continue to operate in a way that, again, we talked about living well. We just will not be moving in the direction that, that God wants us to or that will bring us the most life. You see, this section here in James, we just talked about this last week. It came, what we're talking about today comes right after James helping us deal with what do we do when life is hard, like really hard when trials of various kinds come. He, he tells us that, that we're to count it all joy, consider it pure joy when all of life's troubles come and knock you down. We talked, he, he, he showed us that, uh, that trials are, are an opportunity for growth, but we don't like that. It's not how we want to do it. We want to grow without the difficulties, and it's not how we would draw it up, but this is how God works in our life. And so he, he encourages all of us to like embrace the difficulties, and right on the heels of that, he says, if you really want to understand how to count it all joy, you need to come and ask for wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is going to, to be the, the tool, the, the, the mechanism that helps us to process when all of life goes crazy. Wisdom is that quality needed if we're going to endure trials. So what do we do? Where do we get it? What do we, if wisdom is skillful living, wisdom is this powerful application of all the knowledge we have. Where do we get wisdom from? And I, I know that this, is, this sounds simple, and, and again, it is very simple. And you're like, do we really need to answer this question? We do, okay? So just bear with me. Where do we get it? We go to God. We should ask God. That's what James tells us. He says, he says, you want wisdom? Ask God. God gives wisdom. And he not only gives it, he gives it generously. That word generous is, is this idea of, of singular focus. It's undivided. It is intent. He gives wisdom generously. Just like MJ, like, my, like Michael Jordan, we're talking about the last dance. Like, so focused, so singular, determined. That's how God is. That's how God is, but it's not for himself. It's not so he can win you know, a championship. It's for us. He is that passionate about giving us the very things that are in him and this idea of wisdom and the need for wisdom. He is anxious to give it. It's good news, man. And, and if you're thinking, well, yeah, Adam, I know that. This is basic. Why, why, do we, why do we need to talk about this part? Here's why. Because we don't do it. 
We don't do it. We don't go to him. We may agree intellectually that God is the source of wisdom, but when it's time to get it, we go everywhere else to find it. And often we are going to places that we know are going to agree with the way that we want to do things. And we, we, we run to these other places. We go, all, we go to all these other outlets to disciple us, to teach us. I mean, movies, podcasts, the news, social media, Celebrities, memes, politicians, we go everywhere but God. As I was thinking about this this week, um, I, I do like reading headlines, I like reading articles, I like, I like the news, it's not that it's bad. Um, but when I, in the middle of studying, I was like, hey, I wonder what the headlines are right this second. So, this is, this is what popped up on my, you know, I just swipe right on my phone and I can get headlines. And I don't, I don't subscribe. Look, just you can have all your opinions on the different things you see. Just get past some of it. All right, look. So we got, we got uh, winds fuel wildfires in California as blazes rage across U.S. West, right? Really important stuff. Virus cases spike among Florida children. A state orders some counties to conceal data. Like, all right. Uh, man stranded in a lake saved by floating tiki bar of priests. Sign from God? Mom falls through ceiling during daughter's audition, goes viral on TikTok. This is the news, man. We can't get our wisdom from here. This is where we go so often. Not just here. And I don't care if you're looking at whether it's the liberal media or the conservative media. Like, it... It is not the point. We can gain knowledge from these sources. I listen to podcasts. I read books. I read articles. I try to get a breadth of information from all over. I I, I take all that in. But that is, and I I feel it. I I can find myself becoming lured in and and discipled by it and trained by it. And and I start to get my wisdom from that. And, I mean, I see it on social media all the time. You know, there's just this, this, like, constant, you know, memes that pop up and, and you know, people are like, hmm, interesting, or, or this or that, and, and we start to take our, 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 our direction from these sources. Knowledge is one thing, what we do with all of that. It's a whole other issue. We have to go to the Lord to know what to do with this stuff. Wisdom comes from the Lord. Real wisdom, the wisdom, the wisdom that we need, it comes from him. Proverbs 2 says, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. We have to, we have to go to him. First, to process all the things that we are dealing with to process all the craziness of life through all the mess, all the agendas, all the half-truths, all the emotions. It's the only way that we are going to be able to filter through all of it. And even if you are not 
one to read the news or if you're not one to follow anything else, there is going to be a driving factor in you that is pushing you to follow something, someone. And God is saying constantly, hey, hey guys, children, my children, look at me. I, I am where you will find understanding. I am where you will find wisdom. Because then it's going to shape the way that we think, the way that we speak, the way that we interact with one another, the way that we communicate through all the different forms of communication. We need wisdom. How we treat people who think differently than us, who see the world a little bit differently, even people who are wrong, even people who are acting fool. Wisdom comes in and says, well, what are you going to do with this person? What's most important right now? Your love for them or you being right? Winning or loving? I mean, James addresses this later, and he addresses it in a few different places about how we speak, how we use our mouths, what we say. He says, look, you got to be careful because <laughs> the same mouth that says all this stuff about God, how much you love him, how much you worship him, you know, you sang all these songs, you, you, you talk to people about how much you love Jesus, and then we use that same mouth to go ahead and curse people, to curse people of his creation, to curse people made in the image of God. And we, we are just this torn soul. We need wisdom. We need wisdom to mostly show, to, to, to show that our highest love and desire is for God, not to show that everyone must fit into my neat preferential box. And it's hard. It's hard for me. I feel like the world would be a lot better place if everyone thought like me, um, drove like me, spoke like me. Sometimes people are talking to me, and I'm just going, you're saying too many things. Shorten it up. Bring it down. Let's, get, let's move on. Yeah, my wife is laughing because that's me sometimes. I just... Yeah, what, what, tell me, get to the point. <laughs> but the reality is, I don't want her like me. That, that's, that's for sure, okay? I, I, it, as much as I would love to think that the world would be a better place with a lot of me's, I really know it would be terrible, all right? It would not, it would not fit my, it, it would be a disaster. And so that's the beauty of like getting out of ourselves and going, God, you have made us wonderfully diverse and my brother over here is going to see things differently. He's going to see it from an angle that I don't see it in the same way. And that is a good thing because I know I am blind all over the place. If any of you lacks wisdom, that's all of us going like, yeah, I lack wisdom, man. I, that means I have spots I can't see. And so I need other people. I need the Lord. I need these things to come in and to help me see what I cannot see on my own. And that is the beauty and the, the, the challenge of living life with other people. But it's better like this, where we're together, we are 
there's trust built, there's love built, and we can go in a direction together, even though we might disagree on some things, this is good. And we need to fight for it. And not cancel one another just when we think differently or someone says something that is, is opposite. We've got to fight for it. So what's stopping us from doing it, okay? It's important. I think we all would agree we need wisdom. Wisdom is important. We need to fight for it. Um, Probably we all would agree, yeah, I need more wisdom. But what stops us from going and getting after it and and chasing after God in a harder way? Here's what it is. Unbelief. Unbelief and doubt. These are the things that stop us. And James tells us it. He says, look, if you're going to come, you want wisdom, come to God. Come to God and ask him. He gives generously. He loves you. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. That's verse 6. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. So, look, this is our constant problem, the constant human issue. It's hard to trust God. And if you go, Adam, it's hard. It's really hard, man. Like, God wants us to come to him and engage with him, relate to him in faith, with faith. And this is where James does his James thing. He overstates it. He goes all in. He's like, look, you need to come to God in faith, and there's no doubting. (laughs) And if you're like me, you read that, and you're like, well, I guess I'm out. Because I I doubt a lot. There's always doubting going on. He's telling me no doubting, and all I feel sometimes is it's just a lot of doubt. We get hit with global pandemic, like, A lot of doubting going on. What is going on, Lord? Issues come into the home. Children act a certain way. Spousal issues, work issues, whatever. I mean, in those moments, we it's okay to say, man, I'm having a little bit of doubt right now on this whole thing. Is that what James is saying? Is he saying, well, you can't have any doubt. You can't have any kind of questions in your heart. No, that would go against all the rest of Scripture. But James comes in hard. He comes in strong. He lays it thick. And what he's talking about is this constant, intent, like extreme, intense doubting. See, the verses after that help make it a little clearer because he talks about the one who doubts is like a double-minded person. He's double-minded. Actually, James invents this word. The word is not seen elsewhere before uh, in in the Bible or in in Greek. He invents this word, this double-minded, and what it means is double-souled, S-O-U-L-E-D, sold, like like a, a, a divided heart. He says that's what... The doubter is like a double-minded, a divided heart person. So this is where we need to be careful because he tells us, look, there's two ways to live. There's the way of faith where we lean into God and we are, we are trusting him, we're working, we're walking towards him. 
But the other one is the double-minded person that is, and he, he calls it unstable in everything. He's unstable. When we are double-minded, when we are doubting, it means that we are trying like, yeah, God, I, I like you, but I also like this. And so I, I'm going to come to you for a little bit of wisdom, but I'm also going to go to you fill in the blank to get my wisdom, to get my discipleship. And, and he says, when you're like that, you are tossed around. You're tossed around. You are like a wave in the ocean that's being tossed back and forth. And I'm just, do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like you're just being tossed around? Often when we feel that way, it's an indicator. It's a sign saying, okay, you, your heart is starting to divide. And God is saying, look, I, focus in. Come back to me. Because what that double-minded life is, it makes us say one thing and do another. It makes us say, I love God, and then live like I hate you. It makes us say, yeah, I trust God with everything, but when things start to get tough, we just try to fix it on our own, and we run to these other things, and we start to lie, cheat, and steal to do whatever it takes so that we can survive. We don't want to let doubt and unbelief stop us from chasing after God, to stop us from finding wisdom, because unbelief and doubt are going to come in, and when that happens, God is saying, look, this is your time to run to me, to come to me. So what do we do? And I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up as we start to close. Look, what, what do we do? James keeps it simple, and so, so will I. I. I think there's a lot of things that I can tell you on how to fight this battle. The, the battle for wisdom, the battle that our, our hearts are constantly drawn to other things. We need, we need a little bit of help, and I'm going to give you just three things to think about. Okay, what do we do? We ask, we allow, and we answer. Okay, three A's. Ask, allow, answer. So here's the first thing, the simplest one. Ask God. Ask God for wisdom. That's what he says. He says, any of you lacks wisdom? Which all of us go, yep, all right, that's me. Ask God. Run to him. Go to him first. Like literally ask. Let your mouth say those words. God, I need you. I need wisdom. Help me. Sometimes we don't want to ask. You're like, oh, God's too busy. He's got plenty of things to think about. I'll figure it out. That's the divided heart. That's the double-minded. That's the person being tossed around. God is saying, I am generous. I have everything. <laughs> Come to me. Ask me, and I will give you all of it. So we have to go. We, we don't have because we don't ask. That's, that's something that God tells us over and over and over again in the scripture, look, he gives generously when he asks, right? Verse five, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. Again, God gives generously. Again, single, undivided focus on you, on giving you the very thing that he is telling you to ask him. So it's so easy. You're asking according to something he wants to already give you. That means he gives it. We know it's God's will. 
And when he says, I give it without reproach, you know what that means? It means he doesn't blame you for not having it. You go to him and he doesn't go, oh, I can't believe you still don't have this. I just gave you wisdom yesterday. You need more? Now he says, I don't find fault. When you come, he's excited. He's loving. He is generous. And he says, oh, thanks for coming back. I got plenty of it here. You know why? Because he loves you so much. He gave his son for you, for all of the things that you need for life with him and life with others. And he says, if I, give, if I gave you that, oh, I'll give you wisdom because I want you to live the absolute best life that I have for you. I don't want you making that mistake. I don't want you running off that cliff. I don't want you to get hurt. So yeah, I'm gonna give you wisdom. Come to me, ask me. And so every day, my friends, every day, ask. God, give me wisdom, please. If you're single and you're trying to figure out what's next in life, ask. If you're married and you're trying to figure out what's next in life, ask for wisdom. You're a parent trying to figure out how to pull yourself out of all the stuff going on, ask for wisdom. You're a boss, ask. You're a worker, ask. You're a student, ask. Jesus said it. He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Guys, this is the, the simplest, but probably the most important piece in all of it. If unbelief is what keeps us from God, this is the part where we say, God, I'm, I'm asking because I believe you're able. Ask. Second thing is allow. This is hard. Allow God to work. You've asked, let him do it his way, which usually means it's not gonna happen at the time you want it to happen or in the way you want it to happen. But his process is the better process. His process is the right process. See, our unbelief in God generally comes out, not that we don't believe that he exists, but we don't believe he's doing it the right way. I'll say it again. Our unbelief doesn't usually, we would say, yeah, yeah, God's there. But once it starts playing out, that's when we start to disbelieve. We go, no, ah, this way, this can't be right. God, you're not doing it the right way. Let me go ahead and let me help you on. Let me help you out. I mean, we could go through story after story after story in the scriptures where man tried to help God's plan out and it ends poorly every time. Faith in him is believing that his way of doing things is best. And and that is hard. But allow him to work. Allow the process to unfold. It wouldn't be faith if it was easy. Faith by nature indicates it's, we don't see it. It's hard. But this is the way that God has chosen to engage with us, how he wants us to engage with him. He tells us in Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please him. But if you come to him, you believe that he exists and he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Man, there it is. He wants you to, he wants you to seek after him. It's not about you. It's not about how you're viewed in the world around. This is about you focusing your attention on him and asking and coming and allowing him to do what he's going to do in your life. Allow, and then finally answer. 
What do I mean? I mean, look, you're, you're going to ask him, you're going to allow the process to unfold, and you're going to answer the call now. You're going to answer the call to, to live in this. You're going to grow. You're going to push forward in God's strength to live in wisdom, to not only get wisdom, but also to give wisdom. So as you get it and it comes in, you're like, oh, man, I'm really wise now. Great. Go help other people. Be an agent of wisdom to the world around you. You want to know how to live? You want to know what, what it's like to live in faith with God? Then you just you go to him and you allow him to work and you say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to answer the call. And there are places in scripture that help us to see what it's like to live for him. Micah 6.8, one of our favorite verses here as we think about our mission to the world around us. It's like, has he told you, oh man, what's good and what does the Lord require? But to do justice, to love, kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Do you know how you do that? It's wisdom. God will show you, God will show us how to do this. Look, Michael Jordan was amazing. Right? Watch, watch The Last Dance. It's great. It's got adult themes in it, so watch out with the kids. But it's great. He, he was amazing. He knew what he needed to do to win. He knew what he needed to do to be the greatest ever. And I, I believe he, he probably is. But look, we have an opportunity to be greater. You have an opportunity to be even greater, to do more, to change the world in ways that, that Michael never could God in you is calling you to live in such a way that is so, so much bigger than yourself. It's so much bigger than you being a giant success in this world. It is about making him a success. It's about making him great in the world around. It is about reflecting who he is to a world that is broken around us. And we have an opportunity to bring God's wholeness as he pours wisdom into us, we can answer the call. Imagine what life would look like. Imagine what life would look like if we all did this. If we set our minds to grow in wisdom, to really live in this, to allow God to work in ways that we just wouldn't feel comfortable always doing, God will change the world through you. He will. And not so that you could be known as this amazing, successful person, but because so that you can make him known. So the first call to answer is, do you know Jesus? Do you know him? Do you believe he is the Lord of your life, that he is the son of God who was sent here to save you, that he lived a perfect life, he went to the cross, who died a death for your sins, and that he rose from the dead to conquer the grave. If you believe that and you've never told him that, you never have confessed that, that's the first invitation for you. Say, God, I believe. I need Jesus. I need a Savior. Church, let's stand together. Lord, I pray right now, God, for those who are 
wrestling in their own hearts about whether or not you are real, whether or not you are God, Lord, I pray they would take that step of faith and saying, God, I trust you. I believe. Help my unbelief. Save me from myself. For the rest who have already claimed that faith in in you, God, and we're trying to just make it, Lord. We're trying to walk in wisdom. We're trying to live with the wisdom that we've just talked about. God, I pray you would help us to trust you, to ask every day for wisdom, to, to allow you to work the process in our lives, and then for us to answer the call to serve you in faith-filled ways. Thank you, God. Help us to live for you. Amen, amen. Church, let's sing this final song.